0: Welcome back, everybody, to Big Sky Big Takes, a joint production of the Big Sky Podcast Network and the Montana Mint. Uh, this is, as you know, our Around the Horn style show, all about the Big Sky Conference, all about the teams that we love. And uh, we got a great p- uh, panel of folks who represent the Big Sky Podcast Network. First up, Brent Wahlberg, host of the Grizz Fan Podcast, the number one podcast in the state of Montana hot take Nate, my partner in crime for the Montana Mint sports podcast, the number one podcast in the hearts of the people of Montana and from Weber state weekly, we got Colby Peterson guys. Welcome aboard week two in the books. Uh, We are getting towards the end of out of conference play, but why don't we get straight into it uh, with a little around the league Um, question. Number one, I want to pose to you guys now that we're two weeks in the books, I'm curious about how you are ranking the big sky conference in your opinion, Right now, who are the top two teams in the Big Sky and why? Nate, I'm going to start with you.
1: I have to go with Montana and Davis right now. Montana, obviously the huge win over Washington. You can't really take anything away from them with that. And they did what they had to do against a Western Illinois team. It's kind of middle of the pack in the FCS. So they obviously get the top spot. Davis went down to Tulsa and uh, got them another FBS win for the Big Sky. And then did what they had to do against Davis. So right now they both are 2-0. and They both did what they needed to do against uh, teams that they were supposed to beat and they went in and got some huge upsets. I couldn't put EWU up there. I couldn't put Eastern up there uh, for that UNLV win. I actually looked at the Sagarin ratings. If UNLV was in the big sky, they would be the sixth team in the big sky. If you looked at just Sagarin ratings. So UNLV not as big of an upset as uh, what we kind of thought it was when we were watching it on TV. So got to go with UN UM and Davis uh, for those FBS wins and then uh, being two and at this point in the season.
0: This question was designed just to get Nate to talk uh, lovingly on the Grizz, but Brent, what about you? Do you agree, Grizz, Davis, number one, number two in, this, in the big sky?
2: I'll agree with one, of course. I can't take the maroon color glasses off, right? Montana has the best resume so far with defeating then uh, number 20 Washington, but now 0-2 Washington. So we'll see where those Huskies shake out. Uh, <clears throat> Montana isn't without their flaws, though. So while they have the best resume so far, they've got a lot of things they still need to clean up. Uh, but my number two team, Nate, you're going to like this pick. It's not one of the 2-0 and o schools. I think it's 1-1 one and one Montana State, and here's why. Yeah. Tulsa Tulsa is 0-2. They, they're terrible. I watched that game against Davis. Davis got kind of lucky against a bad team. Eastern got lucky against a terrible UNLV, like Nate said. MSU almost beat Wyoming. You know what Wyoming did the next week? They beat Northern Illinois, who the week before beat Georgia Tech. So I actually think the 1-1 Bobcats – are better than the other two and O schools in our conference right now.
3: Um, or two in the conference, who do you got? So I, I tend to agree with Nate. Uh, the, the two that I had were definitely Montana number one, of course, like Brent noted beating number 20, Washington in Seattle, first time winning against that team in a hundred years. I mean, and then also just absolutely blowing the doors off of Western Illinois last weekend. Um, the Grizz are it, they got the best defense in the conference and it shows I'm, but I'm also with Nate on Davis. I mean, they've got, they've got the number two defense in the conference and they've got the number three offense. You know, Hunter Rodriguez is something folks right now. And of course you can say, well, you know, right now, Tulsa is not a great team, but you know, just, just a year ago, Tulsa was playing for an American athletics conference championship against Cincinnati who just went up to the big 12. So I tend to think it's Davis um, there. They've got another pretty easy opponent, I guess this week in Dixie state, but, that's where my money lies right now. But number two is tough. It's tough, guys. I mean, I think you all agree, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hats off
0: to you for not uh, shoehorning Weber in there somehow. We got to prove it. And probably a little more fun question to ask. Uh, The top is pretty clear, the top five, top six in the conference. But what about the bottom team? Who is the worst team in the Big Sky Conference right now? Brent.
2: You know, so I'm a father of three. And so as a dad, we use these lines, right? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and so like for all the, the of the BSPM pods, NAU seems to be the punching bag, right? But uh-huh. I'm actually looking at a different team. Idaho State had a spring season where they showed some flash. They, they put up some big numbers on offense. You know, they, they beat the surging Idaho Vandals. Uh, this was a team that I think a lot of us thought could be this one of these surprise teams. Uh, Idaho State has actually only scold, scored one more point in two games than NAU has and has allowed 10 more points. So when you look at the worst in the first two games, especially compared to their expectations to actually do a little bit of something, I think Idaho State is the absolute worst in the first two games of this
3: year have disappointed Brent Wahlberg. Colby, who do you got? Worst team in the conference. I'm not, I'm not willing to put Idaho State out there because they did face a really tough Nevada team last weekend. So I'm not willing to put them in the bottom. I'm going with NAU, man, because NAU has the worst offense in the conference and they've only faced two FCS opponents. Of course, they, they faced Sam Houston State, the defending national champions. And then also, you know, they had a good, a bad showing last weekend. Against, uh, oh, come on, anyway. So they had a bad showing, but uh. oh, they lost to South Dakota, <laughs> <laughs> who, South Dakota. Lost, who lost to Kansas, and that's that's my beef, right? Like, you lost to Kansas, don't do it. So I'm just like, nah, I don't believe in NAU right now. Worst offense in the conference, ninth defense in the conference, no thanks. They're in the basement,
0: Nate. Where, where,
3: I mean, are, you, Kobe where and are you coming out? We are debate? on the same
1: page with everything so far today, it's definitely NAU. I was thought you I, I mean the offensive numbers are offensive in that in you know kind of a wordplay there it's pretty bad, and I was looking at Jeff Widener two touchdowns the to four interceptions to start out the start out the year NAU doesn't have a 100 yard rusher yet in the season as total yards it's not like a hundred yard rusher in one of their games none of their uh, they have nobody that's rushed for over 100 yards yet Widen, Widener is his name the quarterback's name see I don't even know his name because it's not Case Cookus. Um he has the second most carries on the team. Hasn't broke 100 yards yet. Uh, NAU, uh, I put them there at the top over Idaho State. Well, top of the bottom over Idaho State because they played two FCS teams, haven't even come close. Sam Houston State, you can call them the champion, but that was a fake season anyway, so it's like kind of the national champion from last year. Um, you know, Montana, Montana State weren't playing, so it was just a fake season all the way around, so you can't fake really season. call them the, the national champion. So I have to agree with Colby there. He probably doesn't agree that it was a fake season, but he may. we do agree that NAU is uh, the worst in the big sky right now
3: borrow that if we were ever garbage again, the, the the top of the bottom stealing that the top <laughs>
0: of the bottom <laughs> Sam Houston State national champion ish season last year. Um, let's give a little more love to the top of the conference. The Bobcats played Wyoming very close and then smoked a bad FCS school. Drake Weber State got beat soundly by Utah uh, and then demolished a bad FCS school in Dixie State. How do you rank these guys right now? Make the case to me that state should be above the Bobcats in the rankings. And we'll start with you, Colby, as our resident Weber guy. So right now,
3: uh, I, I didn't take the purple colored glasses off for this one. I did go with Weber State over MSU because um, so far, I mean, yes, Weber, Weber, Weber lost to Utah at, in Salt Lake. Uh, I think that game was a little bit closer than than folks would let on. I mean, there were a couple of miscues in the red zone, just execution issues that, that would have made it a lot closer, especially going in at the half um but i mean msu definitely has a case like i said the number two spot right now is kind of up for grabs and you know you guys have made the case wyoming was a good team and montana state had them up until the fourth quarter but i'm still gonna go with weber because i feel like msu still has some question marks even though they're gaining on them they got the number four offense and the number three defense in the conference
0: nate are you taking bobcats or weber state in in these rankings
1: I'm taking Montana State. I have to do it. Um, and then obviously we've all talked about our team's colored glasses. I'm going with the blue and gold colored glasses here. I have to give the nod to them just with that game against Wyoming. It sounds cliche to say that they almost had it or they should have had it or it was close. But that game really was Montana State's win and they just couldn't uh, couldn't get it in that fourth quarter. But they played Wyoming so well. It was uh, you know, vegan's first games that Cats had coach. They came out answered a lot of questions, and then they did what they had to do at home against Drake and absolutely you know, demolish the Bulldogs, you know, they've, they having a chance to win it with 40 seconds left in their first game and absolutely demolishing Drake in the second game. That's why I just give them the nod over Weaver. I get that Weaver played a lot tougher Utah's or Utah Utes team uh, to open the season and, and had that loss. But I just kind of give the cats a nod for, and it, like this sounds so cliche and stupid for almost winning that first game or coming closer <laughs> to winning that first game against Wyoming than Weaver did against Utah. It's not a very technical or like expert answer, but that's just why I gave the cats a nod over that uh, over Weber State.
0: Brett Wahlberg, you ranked the cats ahead of Weber State. You ranked them number two overall. But answer me this: at the end of this season, who's going to have the better record between the Bobcats and Weber State?
2: You realize, as a Grizz fan, this is super tough because both these teams have broken our hearts quite yep. frequently and heavily in the previous <laughs> years. So it goes um, both ways. Pal, it goes both yeah. ways. <laughs> right.
3: You
2: yeah, know, I've I've made this statement before, and I truly believe it. The teams that did not play in the fake spring season are better built for a better successful run this fall. They're going to be healthier, they're going to last they're they're going to have much deeper runs and they're going to their records going to reflect it. I think the cats are the better team. I honestly think it's interchangeable. Montana and Montana State are going to finish one and two in the conference. The brawl is going to determine who wins it. The great thing about this matchup. <laughs> These two are going to prove it on the field. They play in a couple of weeks, October 15th. MSU yep. goes to Weber for homecoming. Uh, but you look at who do the cats play? They go San Diego, PSU, UNC, and Polly. So the Bobcats, barring anything super crazy, are going to be five and one. Weber on the flip on the other side plays James Madison, I believe goes to Davis, then hosts Polly, and then gets a week off, try to get healthy, Davis depending on how things shake out. You could have a 5-1 Bobcats visiting a 2-3 Weber with their backs against the wall. I think the Cats that day will also prove they're the better team and go on to have a better finish in the conference.
0: That Bobcat-Weber State game, that's an ESPNU. I think it's our first ESPNU game of the year, right, Uh, under the lights. I forget if the Grizz Eastern Washington is first. Grizz and Eastern, I believe. Yeah. Either way, both those games are going to be so exciting to watch. Um, All right. Great, great segment, everybody. Very well reasoned and argued. Uh, let's move on to segment two, drill down a little bit uh, on our favorite teams. Brent, of course, I'm starting with you. Those Montana Grizzlies, 2-0, looking very good on both sides of the ball. Uh, we have a bye week this week, an off week early in the season. Um, I'm interested to know from your perspective on what do you think Coach Houck is going to focus on with this, uh, with this weekend off? All right. Well,
2: I'm going to quote what. Bobby Hogg himself told uh, us quarterback club members is I, I hate that we haven't really buy because this team's just so fun to watch, but I think there's two things that the Grizz are going to be working on. Uh externally, uh Montana has uh at least uh quietly and will soon loudly be announcing that uh they have, they are go for an indoor uh practice facility, multi-sport practice Ooh. facility. Uh this is gonna be in what us Montanans know as the River Bowl area. It's a facility designed for designed for track football and softball, uh, so they can have these winter training options uh and the goal is to have this ready by November of 2022. Uh, So you look at this uh, broader picture of Montana expanding and improving its facilities. And I know that's an arms race in all things football, but Montana is definitely starting to outpace itself once again. And it's great to see, you know, internally on on that though, um, we are down quite a few running backs now. So this early bye week might be a good thing for Montana to try to get a little bit of health, uh, get a few more guys in that running back room that can play. Uh, we're going to open up homecoming against Cal Poly, which we're going to have to see if they're a real contender, or a little bit of a pretender, which I think some of us think they probably are. Uh, and then, of course, Eastern next after that. So some running back health, some things like that. And honestly, you look at that Western Illinois game, Montana had over 500 yards, but they also had four turnovers. So there's, yep. if, there's if there's something that drives Bobby Houck and this coaching staff crazy, it's turnovers. So a uh, lot more focus on protecting the ball, getting a little healthy in a couple extra spots. And uh, because that, when you look at that, the turnover ratio and this kind of up, down, hot, cold offense, that's not going to work when the Grizz play the Eagles and the Cats. They need to get that going much more consistently.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, with running back depth, when you have fumbles coming out of, of your running back's hand and when it's your third, fourth string running back, you don't really have a lot of next guys up to, to throw out there. Eventually you run out of running backs.
2: Our second string running back is a freshman wide receiver that decommitted from the Cats to come play wide <laughs> receiver for the Grizz, and now he's our second string running back.
0: Uh, speaking of the Cats, Nate, uh, Matthew McKay has looked super solid quarterback. Uh, what are your impressions from him after these first two games, and how does he compare other Bobcat quarterbacks from the past five, ten years?
1: Well, let's go with – we'll go with five seasons, uh, five or six seasons here, and I'll run through them really quickly for you. Tyler Bruggeman, Chris Murray – Troy Anderson, Casey Bauman, Tucker Rovig, and now Matt McKay. That's six quarterbacks in the last six years, seven quarterbacks in the last six years. So to have a quarterback like this that has come out and looked so smooth, uh, obviously can throw the deep ball well, uh, is not named Troy Anderson. It's actually just really encouraging Montana State fans. I think right now he's number seven in the conference in passing, which you know, out of the, you know, seven out of the top ten, I'll take that from Montana State quarterback. To have a Montana State quarterback even listed in the top ten of the big sky quarterbacks is just something we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, besides rushing, because obviously Troy and Chris Murray, all they can do is run the ball, really. But yeah, it's pretty awesome to see. And you forget we have Tucker Rovig on, you know, coming off the bench. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the big sky right now. He's two of four for 30 yards, a touchdown. That's 195.5 efficiency rating, just coming off the bench as a captain. So you know we have a uh, we have a you know a top top five efficiency quarterback right behind that. But in all seriousness, it's awesome to see. I would like him to get a little bit more comfortable running the ball. You can tell he's an athletic guy that's going to be able to uh, open up that defense by using his legs. They haven't really had to use it much yet. They have a great running back in Isaiah Fonse, but they do have some weapons out there um, that he's getting to throw to. Last year, I know we had. Kevin Cass as he, um, he graduated. So it was interesting to see who he was going to be throwing it to this year. And Lance McCutcheon has obviously stepped up and become a star receiver right now for the cats. Um, so all in all, it's just great to see uh, a real true quarterback behind center for the cats. And after I ran through all seven of those, you can see why cats fans are really high on Matt McKay after two games so far this year.
0: Yep, yeah, With, with captain Tucker Rovig watching over, uh, McKay's shoulder from the bench, uh, <laughs> Colby, we've kind of hinted at this already, but there's a huge game coming up this weekend uh, for Weber State. They're hosting number three, James Madison. Weber ranked in the top 10 at number nine. This is also the first home game of Weber State this fall. What are your expectations going into this game? And I know there's been some injuries for Weber State. Um, what, What do you think they need to do to come out victorious?
3: So, like you said, this will be the first time that the Wildcats will host the Dukes. We played them twice before, both times in Harrisonburg. Uh, in the playoffs, coming away with broken hearts each time. And so it'll be interesting to see how JMU deals with the elevation. This is the furthest trip they've ever taken from home. Uh, it's the furthest they've ever traveled west. So we'll see how they deal with 4,700 feet, uh, which is what Stewart Stadium sits at. But for us, like you said, injuries are a bit of a problem. Uh, Bronson Barron, the starting quarterback last week, ended up going out in the second, like early second half, uh, and they had to put Randall Johnson in, who did not have a great showing against NAU last season in the spring. He did, the Wildcats did end up winning that game, but on a, on a serious Hail Mary, like a genuine prayer, Hail Mary, yep. the Wildcats win, right? By all means, they should not have won that game, but they did. Johnson looks terrible. So we're going to see, but Johnson looked really good. He looked, I mean, he looked serviceable against DSU and the pass rush that they were giving him. In my view, the Wildcats are going to be dogs in this one, obviously, uh, JMU is, is a top flight program, and the Wildcats are still kind of muddling through, uh, I guess, kind of like, a top 10 mediocrity. They just don't seem to be able to break through. So I think the Wildcats may struggle to run the ball in this one and will be forced to pass. And then it's, we're going to see what Johnson is going to be able to do against them. But also the key thing is going to be got to keep Cole Johnson under wraps because man, that guy threw for 379 yards last weekend, four touchdowns, 83% completion percentage. Now that was against the main defense, which is not so great, but still this guy is a talent. And if you're going to have any chance in this game, you've got to contain him. The Wildcats also need to take advantage of the fact that going over the top, Maine has not been good, or I mean, JMU has not been good in the secondary. So if they're going to take advantage of something, that might be the spot.
0: All right. Well, I think the rest of the Big Sky Conference is going to be rooting for you you guys. Let's get a win for the boys out West. Um, and let's move to our favorite segment, fan favorite, the Fantasy Builder. Every week we do a fantasy draft where our panelists build their own fantasy team it's a modified draft we're going to go quarterbacks first running backs wide receivers flex traditional fantasy rules um and i will be picking last in every round but this week we're going to start with quarterback and we're going to start with you colby who do you got number one pick one of
3: one quarterback for your fantasy builder yeah so i thought a lot about this because i was like oh man you get the pick of the litter i think (laughs) i think i'm going to take eric barrier and that's a homer pick and i know but here's why Western Illinois gave up five touchdowns to Cam Humphrey last week. Eric Barriere is the number one quarterback in the conference, and I think he's going to feast. So I'm going to take Eric Berrier because I think he's just going to roast him.
0: Yeah, he could have a huge day. Brent, who are you taking? You can't take Cam Humphrey because he's on a bye week. I just want to reiterate that you can't. I use his
2: five touchdowns from last week against
0: <laughs> I can't. Uh, you know, you know who the conference leader in
2: passing is, right? It's Davis Alexander. At Davis Alexander. Oh, what! Yeah. And not only that, he's done it against Hawaii and Wazoo. And so um, he, this guy is now facing 0 2 Western Oregon, who has allowed something like 50 points in each of their g- losses. Uh, it's going to be a game where <clears throat> obviously he's not going to play the whole way, but Davis Alexander uh, is going to light up the light up the sky uh, for at least a half plus maybe a quarter. He's going to run a few in most likely. I think he's one of these guys where he's going to probably account for five to six touchdowns really quick before you know it, because they're going to just blow the doors off Western Oregon. Uh, Easy pick with a big mismatch.
0: Yeah, he was my he was number one on my list. I watched that Washington State game. Nate, you got the number three pick. I think I can guess who you're going to take. but Why don't you? Let me know. This is
1: by far the easiest pick, and I cannot (laughs) believe he dropped to number three. My favorite quarterback in all of college football, not just FCS, Hunter Rodriguez, Davis, quarterback university. It used to be Eastern Washington. Now it's after Jake Mayermeyer Hunter comes aboard, takes control of this team. UC Davis has the punching bag of the big sky Dixie state this weekend at home. The dude uh, is absolutely rolling right now, not only through the air, but with his legs, he's the number three quarterback right now in the big sky, five touchdowns. He's going to have five more probably this week and double up on his season total. It was Hunter Rodriguez. He should have been the first pick. I am so lucky that I got him in number three. So thank you Colby and Brent for, for letting me have my, my dude up at Davis.
0: All right. Good. I mean, what a guy Uh, conference offensive player of the week now. So, hey, it's not a bad pick. Pretty, pretty hot start for Hunter Rodriguez. Um, So I'm kind of torn with my fourth pick. Um, I want to go with Dylan McCaffrey. UNC is playing a bad Lamar team, but he hurt himself uh, in the middle of the game this past week. Unclear if he's going to play because there's no press that covers Northern Colorado. You can't get a straight answer about what's going on. So I'm debating between Dylan McCaffrey, Connor Martin, who came in and played pretty well. Because of that uncertainty, I'm going to go with uh, with Matt McKay from from Montana State. I like that matchup for the Bobcats. I think as a, as a fourth pick, I think that's a pretty... A solid, solid choice. I was hoping, Brent, that Davis Alexander was going to fall to me, Um, but no such luck. Let's move on to running back. Nate, I'm going to give you the first pick here. Who do you got?
1: It's because it's almost looking like my team that won the fantasy last week. And I have Crushed to, I have to be, a. I have a crush last week. And I have to be a homer here and go with Isaiah Afonso. The reason being, they're going to look to get that running game going a little bit earlier than I think they did against Drake last week against a really bad San Diego team. Afonso. Uh, is a star running back. Uh, He got a touchdown poached from last week when he followed right on the goal line. I think he's going to have multiple touchdowns this week. So I had to take Isaiah Fonse
0: here as the first pick for the running backs. Brent, you got pick number two. Who are you going to take?
2: Wow. I was prepared to pick Isaiah Fonse because I just figured Nate was going to go against, was going to pick Alonzo Gilliam because Dixie state (laughs) averages allowing 250 rushing yards per game. Dixie State's rush defense is terrible. Uh, Gilliam's my pick.
3: Colby, who do you got? So, uh, I mean, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm not really trying to get an invite on the uh, Eagles power hour, guys. I really <laughs> am not here. But I want Dennis Merritt because Western Illinois gave up 242 rushing yards. And that's similar to what DSU gave up to Dante McMillan and the Wildcats last week. But, man, I think Dennis Merritt is going to feast. Like, I think that they're just going to roll all over that. That next team.
0: Ian Sledge, Jr., the hammer of running back out of UNC. If there's going to be question marks at quarterback for, uh, for UNC, they're going to be running the ball. He had two touchdowns in the first quarter this past weekend. I, I think they're going to have to go to him early and often. So I will go Gene sledge that gets us to wide receiver and Brent. You got the number one pick for the wide receiver round.
2: Well, this strategy has always worked for me in fantasy football. And if you can double your points at the quarterbacks, dropping dimes to the wide receiver, you double it up. Right. So, uh, I look at, uh, Nate Bennett with Portland state. This guy is a front runner probably for freshman of the year. Again, two games against both Hawaii and Wazoo, uh, right up there with tops of receivers with 160 yards total and two touchdowns. Now they play this awful D- division two school. Huge mismatch is a big, tall receiver against the division two school. He's probably going to pull down a couple and, uh, throw a few easy points on the board for me.
0: All right. Number two pick here. Uh, Nate. Who are you going to take? Absolutely
1: ecstatic that this guy just dropped to me because I'm going to be the one actually stealing points from Brent. I'm going Bo Kelly. Oh, oh
3: man, I had that guy.
1: 16 catches, 284 yards, two touchdowns going against that team. I mean, you just literally handed me the win this week by letting me take Bo Kelly and you took Nate Bennett, the number nine receiver in the big sky. You let the number one. Big sky receiver go that your dude is going to be throwing to Bo Kelly, easiest pick. This is easier
3: than Hunter Rodriguez.
2: This ain't PPR, dude. I got the touchdowns. <laughs> I'm good.
3: Colby, who are you taking? Number three pick. Oh man, I wanted Bo Kelly because, like, like Nathan Brit noted, I mean, Vikes gonna be playing a D two school in Western Oregon and they are gonna be they're just gonna feast on him. So an already good, you know, passing game it for the Vikings is just gonna be that much better against D two. But I'm gonna to have to take Jared Harrell, Uh DSU gave up 217 pass yards against a very mediocre Weber state offense last week. I think Hunter Rodriguez is just going to absolutely blow the doors off of them. So that's my guy.
0: Awesome. I'll round out the wide receivers by taking uh, Boston from Eastern Washington. For the reasons we've discussed, they got a weak matchup this week. Barry area. has got to throw the ball to somebody. So hopefully it is to Boston. Moving over to the flex position. Colby, we're going to go back to you. Um, who do you got here? Uh, for for your first pick in the fourth round
3: so Nate mentioned this name earlier and I think it's not going to be a surprise I'm going to take Lance McCutcheon and I'll I, South Dakota or sorry San Diego gave up 390 pass yards last week uh, I'll, I'll take that man I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a real good game against that defense
0: excellent Nate
1: I had McCutcheon that was my guy that would have been three of the four same guys that I picked last week No, working on some inside trader kind of information. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go for it, and I'm taking Josh Davis from Weber to just at least score me one touchdown this weekend against James Madison. I'm taking him. I got that inside information from my boy Colby (laughs) here. I'm doing it. I'm taking him.
3: That was for you, Nate. That was all for you. Smarts.
0: Your last pick of the of the fantasy builder. Who are you
3: taking for your flex? Well, it's it's kind of
2: slim here. I was, you know, I was really trying to talk myself into Rashid Shaheed just because I think. Really good players step up in big games. Uh, But I'm going to lean to Idaho's new Mr. Touchdown, Hayden Hatton. Yes, I know they're playing Oregon State, but Oregon State in their first two games averages defensively almost 350 yards per game allowed. Idaho's not going to win the game. Can they score? They've scored some junk TDs last week. I think they can keep it going. Uh, Just like my other pick at wide receiver, I think Hatton could pull a few down and get those points going for me.
0: All right, that's a pretty good pick. I am, uh, God, I was going to take True Wilson uh, from UNC, but I already have someone on UNC, and that just seems like a bad strategy. Um, God, I'm going to go with McAllen Castles, UC Davis, my new favorite player. Also, Lima Jones still on the board, but I'm going, I'm going McAllen Castles. I like the the uh, matchup that he has, or the partnership he has with Hunter Rodriguez. So, give me McCallan uh, Castles, um, and that moves us to our final round. We've been doing three man panels, so no need to eliminate everybody. Anybody, last segment here. The winner gets to go rant about whatever they want for 30 seconds at the end of the show. Um, Question number one, Weber's hosting JMU. Clearly this is the game of the weekend. Um, What other big sky conference games or FCS games are you most excited to watch this weekend? Colby, I'm starting with you.
3: Those might sound weird as a Weber state guy, but I'm interested in watching SU Tarleton state because SU has played two FBS opponents thus far. I don't think we really know who they are yet. So the end, the middle of the big sky is kind of messy, uh, I'll be watching this game to see how they really can be against an FCS opponent.
0: I can answer that. They are going to stink. Nate game of the weekend. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to
1: take the Montana state one. Cause that's pretty obvious. And I'll be, you know, obviously watching that one is going to be Eastern Washington at Western Illinois. I want to see how Western Illinois bounces back from getting pretty much handled by the Grizz uh, on the road. I want to be able to compare these two teams and uh, see who beats them by more. And then I can say that's the better team. Cause that's how my brain works. And, uh, but I really just, uh, it's two FCS teams. The slate's not great this week in the big sky to take out, you know, that Montana state game, that Weber state game. So I got to go Eastern Washington, Western Illinois too. one uh, really good FCS team. One middle of the pack FCS team is probably going to be the most entertaining of the FCS versus FCS games on the big sky slate this week.
0: Yeah. And it should give us kind of some sense of Eastern versus Montana that we have a like opponent between those two after Saturday, Brent, what game are you looking forward to most besides that Weber JMU game?
2: Yeah, you know, I think um, I, I initially was thinking that Eastern game as well, too. But boy, the Grizz physically beat the hell out of Western Illinois. I don't know how physically imposing Western's going to be. They're probably going to be down quite a few guys based on the amount of people they had to carry off the field. So the, the game I'm more interested in uh, Cal Poly, who was just so god awful in the spring that they quit, um, is one and one. And you look at when we're looking at the stats for some of this fantasy builder, they've got, a, you know, their quarterbacks in there. They've got some guys in there. It's like, you know, I don't know if Cal Poly's any good, but they're not and 2 they've put a little bit of fight up on the field. They've got some stats to kind of back it up. And so now they play one and one South Dakota who beat the hell out of Northern Arizona which I think pretty much everyone's probably going to do. And South Dakota lost to Kansas by three points and Kansas fans stormed the field, which is weird, but uh, it's kind of a fascinating matchup because I want to see if this one-on-one Cal Poly team that has put up some good numbers on offense can actually hang around with a team. That's kind of, you know, your mid-level upper mid-level Missouri Valley team and, and see if they're for real. If Bo Baldwin really has that magic going that fast, or did they just get lucky against the bad San Diego team and they're going to fall back down to the bottom.
0: All right. Three good games. Something to watch. If uh, this, As a Grizz fan, this might be a good weekend to step away from football. Um, not a ton of great games on the slate. Go enjoy the warm weather while you can. Uh, question number two in the showdown. What is the biggest unanswered question in the Big Sky Conference? Nate, I'm going to start with you on that one.
1: Uh, so my biggest question right now is who are the Sac State Hornets? Are they the team that you know Kevin Thompson led to the Big Sky Conference title? Is it the team that looked horrible when Kevin Thompson was injured? Uh, we've seen them lose to Dixie State, or I'm sorry, they beat Dixie State 19 to 7. They looked pretty bad. Their offense looked horrible against Northern uh, Iowa, losing 34 to 16. But then this schedule really shakes out well for them. So it's going to be interesting to see where this record stands at the end of the year. They obviously go to Cal this weekend, which we don't really care about, but then they get. Idaho State, Southern Utah, they do have to go to Montana to play the Grizz. But then after that game, they get NAU, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Portland State. And then they do end with the, the battle of uh, Interstate 80 uh, up in Northern California. But the biggest question to me is where this team is going to end the year with one of the easiest schedules in the big sky, but not showing me a ton of impressive stuff so far in the first two games Uh, against fcs opponents so i think sac states my biggest question is are they pretenders or are they going to be contending for that big sky title again
0: this year excellent brent from a grizz perspective from your perspective what's the biggest unanswered question in the big sky
2: You know, it's funny, like we're two weeks into the season. I think you kind of flip the table and like ask what has been answered. And so I think you look at the results of almost every team, maybe except for NAU and Idaho State, and it's you've got mixed success. You've got some questions like the Grizz beat Washington, but now Washington's own too. So is did we really beat a super high-quality FBS team? It's it's tough to really say. Uh, But the interesting thing, you know, you look across the conference as a whole, most every school has had a play-up game with some mixed success, actually better success than the Big Sky has as a whole, totally, but still, you know, play up games. So those are usually kind of, you know, a lot of times expect to be a loss. And then some have had play down games, you know, we're playing D2 schools, we're playing schools that don't have uh, guys on scholarship, like MSU, I think, tried to book every single non-conference game for (laughs) with teams that don't have scholarships, right. And uh, so it's just like, I think we're looking at a situation where I think we have a whole bunch of unanswered questions and actually like this week is going to solve it a little bit. But as we get in the weeks ahead, especially when we start to see some of these, some of the more Titans in the conference clash against each other. uh, We're going to start to really answer a lot more questions as we see strength on strength, because I honestly think we have a few more paper tigers at the top than we know, than we, we think we have right now. And the main team I'm looking at is
0: Davis. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're right about how kind of these schedule has shaken up. Looking at my notes, I think there's only two teams that have played two FCS games, Sac State, who's one and one NAU, who is 0 and 0-2. Everyone else has either played a D2 game, FBS game, that does kind of make it tough to uh, compare apples to apples. Colby, but from your perspective, Weber State's perspective, what's the biggest unanswered question right now in the conference?
3: So I was going to say Idaho State, but now the Wildcats don't play them any longer. Uh, it's not a protected rivalry anymore, or at least it's not this year. So the, the end of the season, the Wildcats will be hosting Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado is a weird one because, like you said, the media issue, they played Colorado and got the doors blown off in the first week. But then Colorado just went and took Texas A&M, a uh, five-ranked Texas A&M, losing 10-7. And then, of course, they just, they just whooped up on, you know, nobody like a D two school or whatever, like Houston Baptist or some crap like that. So yeah. Wh- who are these guys? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Right. It's like, yeah, you lost to a really good Colorado team. That's fair. But then you also just whooped up on a D two team. There hasn't really been a really good test for them yet to see like, is McCaffrey ahead of schedule? Cause like Brent said, this is a team that didn't play in the spring and he believes that they have an advantage. Does Northern Colorado have that advantage? I don't know. We're yet to see and the wildcats will face them at the end of the year. And based on how things go, because the Wildcats will have a tough schedule, I mean, that, that game could be super important should you lose to Eastern Washington and Cheney or Montana State in Ogden or Davis in just a couple of weeks in Ogden as well. Tough matchups.
0: Yep, tough matchups. Houston Baptist, Northern Colorado's defense is an FCS school, but they're one of the worst FCS schools, so basically a D2 team. Yeah. Um, and But, yeah, it's a, it's a point well taken. As of right now, if you look at just their resumes, Weber UNC – could be a very interesting matchup at the end of the year, but I think we all expect Weaver probably has a few more horses in their stable than than uh, Northern Colorado. Question number three for the showdown: um, Which team, from your perspective, has shown the most impressive quarterback play? Brent Wahlberg.
2: I'm glad I got to go first. Um... <laughs> i I, god, I sound like a cat fan on this this show my god i'm gonna have to take a shower after this
3: that's what this is for right That's what is all about <laughs> oh
2: my god uh I, on a, it, it's matt mckay matthew mckay with montana state uh the guy has five passing touchdowns no interceptions as nate talked about earlier cats have had this long run of quarterbacks that are running backs or linebackers or whatever you know and it's like suddenly it looks like they might have that guy and coach vegan they talk about him being the quarterback whisperer and uh just a few games into his early coaching career as the cats it looks like he might be this guy's quarterback play has really impressed me so far and he's got a good long run of games against easier teams where he's going to ease into the job and really pad those stats all the way up to that game against weber
0: Colby, who do you got? Most impressive quarterback so far in the Big Sky Conference.
3: I don't think that this is like a complete surprise. Uh, Hunter Rodriguez was really good in the spring, and uh, he's continued to impress now in the fall. He's thrown for 600 and what 633 yards, 69% completion, five touchdowns. Uh, and that's one of those games against an FBS opponent. So, so far, pretty good, but honorable mention, you know, to our guy at Portland State, because they've had a couple of tough games thus far too, and he's really impressed. But I'm going to go with Hunter Rodriguez on this one.
0: Nate, they've taken your boy, Hunter Rodriguez. They've taken Matt McKay, who is left to highlight the most impressive (laughs) quarterback play in the big sky conference.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go, it's, it's, it's Brent's fantasy quarterback. It's Davis Alexander Two FBS squads. I mean, pretty bad defenses on those FBS squads in Hawaii and Oregon state, um, but still impressive to be able to throw. He's he's thrown for almost 700 yards, five touchdowns, uh, you know, over 50% completion rating uh, or completion percentage. So I have to say Davis Alexander just because of who he was playing. I obviously would have gone with Hunter Rodriguez, but it's almost going to be like I'm a stalker if I keep talking about him between our podcast and this podcast. Um, So I have to go with Davis Alexander here for a multitude of reasons, but one of them is definitely because he has impressed against some pretty good FBS competition. Um, And it's it's just really impressive to me so far what he's been able to do uh, with Portland State.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks to our panel for being here. Jerry just handed me the envelope, the winner of week three, big sky, big takes, none other than my partner in crime. Hot take, Nate, Nate, take it away. Rant about whatever you would like.
1: Two in a row. And I do have to say, I I appreciate having two cap heads on here today and myself and Brent. Uh, It really showed a lot of maturity (laughs) and just honesty for you to do that. So that's not my rant though. My rant is Northern Colorado, we talked about questions. I feel so bad for them right now. They have so many expectations going into this week. They beat Houston Baptist. They're getting an easy Lamar team. They're going to get to play NAU. A little thing that Houston Baptist, when they had, was their first win since November 2nd of 2019 over Idaho State. So they're rolling. They're feeling good. They have big names on that squad. They have the McCaffrey. They have, uh, I mean, that's probably about it. Um, but they, got, they got three big names on the team, all with the last name. <laughs> but then uh, after that game, they run into the gauntlet of the big sky. They have Montana State, Eastern Washington, Davis, Southern Utah, whatever. But then Sac State, Montana, and Weber. All 20 Northern Colorado fans they have out there have such high expectations right now. They're feeling so great going into this game against Lamar. They won a game. They got two easy opponents coming up. And then they get every single one of like our top six teams in the big sky conference. It's totally going to put them right back down in the base of where they've been. So my sympathies are with Northern Colorado bear fans. It started out so promising this year, but it's going to end looking like just like every other year, Northern Colorado has been in our division for that. I do really feel bad for the McCaffrey family and all those Northern Colorado fans out there.
0: Yeah, a three and one Northern Colorado team is likely going to be taking on the Cats here in a couple of weeks. It'll be very fun to see how that game goes. Nate, where can the people find you uh, uh, on, on Twitter? Can you remember your Twitter I handle? Still cannot remember my, uh,
1: <laughs> I still cannot remember my Twitter handle. Uh, it's like minty hot take Nate.
0: Oh, it is so I bad. I still don't know. I looked rough. at
1: it last year. I still can't remember. I, Paul, I, I have no idea where I'm at on Twitter.
0: Oof. Well, okay, it's good branding. <laughs> Very good branding on your part, Brent. Okay. Where can people find you, and where can they listen to the Grizz Fan Pod?
2: All right, at B Wahlberg or at Grizz Fan Pod. You can find us, Grizz Fan Pod, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or with the Montana Mint Sports. We're we're all over the damn place.
0: Grizz Fan Pod Tuesdays. You guys dropped on regular schedule.
2: New episode this morning, and we'll be dropping one every every Tuesday until the season's over. So uh, after the national championship, I guess.
0: I love it. We'll see you guys in (laughs) January. Colby.
3: I was going to say at some point, Ed McCaffrey's got to run out of sons, right? Where can folks
0: find you online where can they listen to Weber state weekly?
3: (laughs) I mean, is that going to happen? I mean, how, how long can it go for Northern Colorado? I don't know. You can find Weber state weekly. You can find me on Twitter at Ogden gent. You can also find at Weber state weekly on Twitter. You can follow us on Weber state weekly. We're all over social media, but also anywhere you get podcasts. We've been live streaming on Mondays. Podcasts will drop on Wednesdays. And we got a special podcast coming up this week. We're going to be interviewing the JMU folks, talk about this game. So watch for that live stream on Thursday night. Excellent. Well, this was a great episode of Big Sky, Big Takes. Congrats to
0: Nate. We'll put up the Fantasy Builders on Twitter. You can vote for who you think has the best teams and we'll award uh, shortly after the game's end who had the actual best team. But guys, thanks for joining and thank you for listening.